Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden and this is episode 33. Yes, I do have to log into my Acast every single time I record and check which episode we're on because I can't remember. Um, In fairness to me, I have a lot of other things going on in my life, so no judging. Today's episode is all about brands and their marketing strategy and their PR strategy and their social media strategy and why it seems like collectively brands are obsessed with marketing to Gen Z and it feels like at the moment a lot of other categories, where I say categories, you know, anyone older than Gen Z, um, are then being left out. And it's actually kind of weird that this happened in the timing that it did because I was literally writing the notes for this podcast, you know, getting my thoughts together, thinking, what am I going to say? And I was flicking through my Instagram stories and I came across um, an amazing influencer called Really Re, who I follow. um, And she was actually having the same conversation on her Instagram stories where she was saying, um, you know, as... I'm going to say an older woman. She's not an older woman by any stretch of the word, but she's not Gen Z. Um, As an older person, not in the Gen Z category, um, she just feels like she doesn't see herself in brands marketing right now. And it feels like her age group and anyone basically outside of that younger audience, Gen Z audience, are just completely forgotten about almost. Um which is super interesting because that's obviously the vibe that I've picked up on at the same time. Um, It's a fact, like a lot, a well-known marketing fact that a lot of trends um, are set by the younger generation and are kind of aimed at the younger generation to then filter through to older generations. Like that's kind of always how it's worked. And the reason for that is because we have this really like weird thing as a society where we kind of see youth and youthful people as like the pinnacle of life. Um, you know, like God forbid you age or God forbid you're over the age of 25. Like I could never, you know? Um, so yeah, it's often seen as these younger people set the trends and the older people kind of struggle to keep up. Whereas in reality, that's not how it works. Um, you know, I am 29 years of age now going into my thirties this year something that I am excited about and not um, upset about. Um, I am classed as a millennial, I think. I mean, every time I check, um, I'm in a different bracket. So I don't really know. I would class myself as a millennial. Do I wear it as a badge of pride? Not really. I don't really feel like I connect to being a millennial, apart from the fact that I was here during the birth of the internet and I remember it. That's literally the only thing I connect to. Um, Also, I was saying um, to a friend of mine at an event the other day, I have started typing with my index finger on my phone. Um, because I find like as the day goes on I'm on my phone so much I'm getting the old Kim Kardashian um, thumb strain thing so sometimes I try and like share the effort between all my fingers so therefore when I'm typing I type with my index finger like there is 
uh, method to my madness. Um, I'm not doing it because I'm a millennial, but it makes me look like a millennial. Anyway, less about me. Um, yeah, so as I have sort of grown up and gotten older, um, well, classed as older by everybody else, I guess. Yeah, to clarify, I don't feel like an older person by any stretch of the word. Um, but if you ask TikTok, if I was an older person, they would say yes. So I'm having a level of self-awareness here as well. Um, so yeah, I'm seeing as I get older, I will reach a point in a minute. (laughs) I'm seeing that actually every person as they get older the way that they are like more secure in themselves like and if we sort of talk about specifically fashion and beauty I think as you get older you really get a stronger sense of like what you like what works for you um and that's strengthened with age as opposed to sort of when you're younger like a lot of some people have a great you know sense of like personal style and personal confidence and all that jazz but I feel like generally younger people are more just trying to find themselves and bouncing around in trends and I feel like now I follow a lot of people on social media who are my age and older because I really enjoy that sort of level of like personal style and self-confidence that they have only been able to develop because of their age and their experience Um, I find that far more interesting than say like your average fashion influencer who's like changing their style like the wind. Um, I actually about a year ago started unfollowing um, fashion influencers who were on sort of the younger side of the spectrum because I just noticed that as I was scrolling through their homepage it was like every time there was a new trend like their whole personality would change and I just thought that wasn't a great influence on me as someone who loves fashion and does consume a lot of social media not my choice but because of my job um I really didn't want to be influenced to be this sort of like scatty especially when it comes to my style like I'm really invested in um I okay we're totally off topic here but I think it's interesting so I'll carry on um I feel like we're in this constant battle you know anybody who loves fashion and is into fashion and beauty actually they all kind of fall into one we're in this constant fight with um, trying to figure out within our own brains what we are being marketed and what we actually like Um, so I'm getting really good at this now because as I said just now I'm on social media a lot and that's not by choice I honestly would try and completely come off social media altogether if it wasn't so detrimental to my work both as a PR consultant and as someone who does social media and works with influencers like I need to be in the world which I feel like a lot of people who work in social media live in this constant contradiction of like love and hate um But yeah, I basically see a lot of stuff and I am sold to constantly, obviously, because I'm on the platforms and engaging with the platforms. Um, Also, the algorithms are really damn good. So like the amount of things that I get served based on my personal, you know, wants and desires because A, they're listening to me and B, they can see what I'm searching for and you know liking and enjoying and interacting with so they're actually showing me things that I do generally would would quite like to buy which is really annoying um so I've started doing this thing anyway where 
I'll put things in my basket or I'll leave it on like a website tab on my safari and I'll either sleep on it or leave it like a good couple of weeks before I actually make the purchase just to try and stop like this cycle of impulse purchasing and also like purchasing something because it looks amazing on someone else which I think when it comes to influencers like I am an absolute sucker for like I go through phases of um you know like really intensely following like three to five people and anything they wear like there's something in my brain that I'm like oh my god I need that whereas (laughs) I probably wouldn't have ever bought it if I wasn't on social media so I'm trying to stop doing that but anyway I have digressed so far away from my original point (laughs) I hope that was somewhat interesting I don't know so back to my original point um I did actually have to go back and consult my notes because I was like where am I I am lost in the woods um so I feel like society has this um idea that older women are like trying to keep up and like look younger and their focus is on younger people and trying to sort of emulate that youth whereas actually I think when you are following like older people you I anyway get this real real sense of like they really know themselves they know what they like and I think their audience is more dedicated for that reason because it's not just like oh there's this random trend like now I'm wearing maxi skirts all day long and that'll change in two months time like no they're wearing things consistently um you know they're doing a lot of like investment purchases um you know they're sort of re-wearing things restyling things and their style is very consistent their personality is very consistent and they really know who they are so I feel like what we're told as a society about older women and the reality of it is actually completely backwards which I feel is just like steeped in misogyny but I feel like that is a whole other topic for um another day um so coming back to the original point of this podcast which was to talk about how brands are obsessed to marketing to Gen Z so I had a very very brief conversation with really re over the stories that she was posting and basically she was saying that she doesn't feel seen in marketing materials um she feels like ev- all the brands like campaigns images like marketing stuff is all so targeted at younger people and Gen Z she feels like we're almost regretting dressing um and I would say the same um and I think it's less out of here's my theory anyway I think it's less out of actively wanting to market to Gen Z because I think a lot of these brands like if you ask them what is your target audience like what is the age of your target audience they would say like 25 plus but then we're shooting campaigns with models that are like in their early 20s or like barely scratching 25 and it's like okay 25 plus like that travels all the way up to like what the age of 100 so why are we doing that um but I think it's not necessarily intentional I think it's because brands at the moment obviously we're in recession um people are are down from you know the years of being pummeled over the pandemic and they're seeing the success of other brands on platforms like TikTok and they're seeing these brands that are having these like viral like sellout moments 
Um, and I think that is what they're chasing over anything else. And I think they're sort of moving forward with dollar signs in their eyes and seeing this opportunity to like sell on mass to this t- very like Gen Z TikTok audience. Um, and they're sort of just gunning for that as opposed to really bringing it back to who are we as a brand? Who are, who's our target audience? Who are we actually selling to? And how do these products live in their routines and in their lives? And what is the process of the customer purchasing the product? Because that's the thing, like, yes, it's all well and good having this mass market approach on TikTok. Um, I'm going to delve into TikTok shop a little bit because I have this conversation a lot with my clients and my friends um, who are also interested in this kind of stuff. Um, So obviously you have TikTok shop. For anybody who doesn't know, TikTok shop is basically where you can have your products available to purchase on TikTok. So this is like varying degrees, whether it is so that when you as a brand post your video, you can then have like a direct shopping link to your TikTok shop. So people don't have to come out of the app to to purchase from you they can purchase from TikTok shop um then you have like when you work with influencers they can directly link to your TikTok shop so again they're not having to nobody's leaving the app to shop with you they can stay right there um so that's another level of it and then another level again is like these kind of almost like QVC style channels like they come up on my for you page all the time and every time I see them I'm like who is buying this stuff but people really are buying it um where someone sits there and it's kind of like run by TikTok I think and they do this QVC style thing where they just sell products sell products sell products sell products um yeah exactly the same setup as like a QVC to be honest like there's no better way to explain it um so those are the kind of levels to TikTok shop um so my personal stance on this is if you have if you're on TikTok right so not all brands are on TikTok it's not right for all brands to be on TikTok let's just start there like Hermes as far as I know is not on TikTok Chanel as far as I know is not on TikTok um Rick Owens is not on TikTok um you know Michelle Lamy is not on TikTok you know like these kinds of people um and brands are not existing on TikTok and that's because the platform isn't necessarily right for them and they don't really feel like they want to be on the platform and I think that is a great decision for now um then obviously if you have a brand that is sort of mid-range let's say which a lot of beauty brands are like for example um one of my clients called creatives they make um makeup brushes and makeup tools um their price point is sort of low to medium range so for them they are on tiktok um a lot of their products like they have like a quickie sticky makeup um product where you stick the sticky on and then you apply the makeup peel it off and it's done so it's great for like eyeliner festivals like it's fun but it's also um it lends itself really well to tiktok style beauty content therefore obviously existing on tiktok is great for them um so for a brand like that if you are going to be on tiktok and make content on tiktok then yeah it's a good idea for you to be on tiktok shop so that people can shop from you directly they don't have to go outside the app bingo done where i think it's not such a great idea um is when your sole strategy is tiktok shop 
because to be honest, TikTok shop is, it feels scammy. Um, It feels low level. Um, And a lot of the time, the stuff that is on there is heavily discounted. So, you know, people are looking for a deal when they're shopping on TikTok shop. Like that's the vibe. Um, They're not shopping necessarily because they love your product. They're shopping because they want a cheap version. Um, So yeah, like for example, brands that have done really well with making TikTok shop their sort of sole strategy um, off the top of my head is made by Mitchell. Um, So Mitchell is a makeup artist um he was very big in the sort of youtube um influencer space whilst not being a youtuber himself his association to those influencers um was very prominent um he launched his brand i would say the price point of made by mitchell is sort of mid to high level or it was originally um then i noticed that made by mitchell was very one of the first sort of um pioneers of brands who t- adopted tiktok shop um and ever since their from what i can see as an outsider their main strategy has been discounting products um also they do a lot of mystery boxes where they partner with um like prominent tiktok influencers and they will have like that influencers mystery box or even just selling mystery boxes in general which is for anybody who doesn't know like you pay like for example 20 quid for a box and you get six products whereas if you'd have gone on site and picked out six products added them to your car it would cost like hundreds of pounds more obviously because you're paying for the individual products um I mean, this is really smart, especially when you're dealing with products that have a shelf life, um, which beauty products do, um, especially, you know, your liquid products, they have an expiry date. Um, and, you know, especially with a brand like made by Mitchell, he does a lot of like colorful, like very like high glam, like, you know, like proper makeup, makeup sort of stuff, um, which, as we know, since the pandemic has not been as popular, Um, you know people are still buying it but it's not as popular as it was before for sure Um, I would imagine that he has a lot of high quantities of product in his warehouse that he's thinking right we've got to get rid of this so doing something like a TikTok focused mystery box is a really great idea if you're shifting a lot of product and you're looking to cover your costs so that's my sort of insider view on TikTok shop right great so (laughs) the one thing I will say as a consumer with my consumer head on for me made by Mitchell I would now class them as a more low to mid-range brand whereas before they started delving into TikTok they for me were verging on a high-end brand um you know like where they sit in the market has definitely moved down um just because of the heavy discounting and the mystery boxes whereas like some of the brands that I work with who would class themselves as like professional quality luxury brands um trying to get them to do a discount is like like it's not going to happen like a lot of my brands actually don't discount at all they don't do sales at all and when they do it's like a really big deal um And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. That's not the case at all. I'm just showing the difference in strategy between sort of um, a brand that has taken Mitchell's approach and then sort of something that I would class as more um, professional standard or luxury. So, yeah.
I think brands that are desperately trying to make sales right now are looking at brands like Made by Mitchell. And even though, you know, with the discounts, the mystery boxes, like that brand is making money and you can see it. So I can see why it would be awfully tempting for you know, brands that were traditionally sort of luxury and aimed at your 25 plus, even 30 plus, 35 plus audiences are thinking, hmm, there's something here, we need to make money. I get it. Um, But I think generally speaking, you know, your 25 plus audience is not necessarily shopping from TikTok. I mean, there are, don't get me wrong, there are certain creators on there um, who I love to watch who do, you know, like high-end unboxing and high-end fashion videos and get ready with me, you know, like people who focus on like really gorgeous, beautiful skincare. There are older creators on there and I think they are brilliant and would I shop from them? Yes, it would be more of like a recommendation format. So like say I see something that I see them using. Like for example, um, Dr. Amoa is amazing on TikTok. Um, She is a skincare influencer um, and is a doctor, hence the name. Um, And she was talking about a La Roche-Posay product that is, I think, supposed to be a moisturizer, but she was saying how she used it as a mask and it was just ingenious, like, at the moment, I'm, um, more about me, um, I'm using, uh, quite a high-strength retinol, um, so for anyone who's done that, they'll know that you go through a period of being very dry, so as soon as I saw this video, um, and I saw her recommendation, I literally went out that day and bought it, and I have been using it ever since, both as a mask, the way that she used it, and, um, as, like, an overnight cream, and it's been incredible. So, you know, that sort of like traditional influencer setup where you see something recommended, you go out and buy it. Um, I think that still stands with a quote unquote older audience. Um, bear in mind, you know, I'm 29 years old. I'm not, I'm not necessarily classed as an old, older audience by any stretch of the, the word, but that's how I'm kind of shopping as a consumer and as a millennial consumer. Let's just put me in that category for ease. Um, but then you've got, for example, example like my mum my mum does not have tiktok um she wouldn't even know where to start with tiktok um i can't see her ever getting tiktok to be honest um a lot of my clients who are older than me um some of them who are the same age as me do not have tiktok and do not plan to have tiktok you know they let their marketing and social media teams get on with it and they're just like yeah it's not for me um which i completely get so the question is for this quote-unquote and I hate saying older but it's really the only way to describe it for this older audience how are they shopping and how are brands going to target them and I think the answer is not getting swept up in this TikTok viral sellout moment and focusing on serving the consumer you know going back to who is this brand for and serving them in a way that makes sense to them as a consumer rather than like what is everybody else doing um because I feel like there's a lot of that going on right now um also a whole other conversation which I'm not going to delve into because number one I'm not a person of color so I feel like it's not up to me to speak on it but 
I've seen a lot of conversation recently around marketing and around brands and campaigns where people have said, you know, we're kind of getting to the stage now after, you know, the the murder of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and brands, you know, seemingly changing their ways and including people of colour and black people in their teams and in their marketing campaigns and, you know, everything to do with their brand. It's kind of we're seeing the kind of um, the end of that, if you will. So everybody who did it, that was um, quite clearly performative. They're kind of forgetting to do it now. And they're like, you know, it's edging back to 25 year old white girl in their campaigns, as opposed to, you know, showing true diversity because, oh, they've done diversity for two years now, you know, they're over it. Um, whereas the brands that really integrated um, either already had an integration of diversity and people of colour or really stepped up and did it when um, the call was there, you know, they truly answered the call and made it a core part of their brand. Obviously, they will continue to show those things because it's a core, it's not a box to tick, um, it's not performative. Um but even that, you know, it's it. we're even losing the diversity there. It's like going back. It really does feel like campaign imagery specifically is kind of going back in time and marketing strategy specifically is going back when we made so many strides forward collectively over the past few years. I think it's a shame. Um, but I do think that we need to sort of badger on Um I mean, in terms of campaigns that I work on, something that I'm really, really trying to hammer home because a lot of my brands are um, inherently diverse and have diversity at their core and inclu- inclusion at their core as well. Um, for me, it's 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 the age thing, you know? I feel like even if you're presenting a diverse and inclusive um, campaign or activity, the thing that's always missing are older people. And like I said earlier, so a lot of my brands are, you know, luxury. They're not, um, you know, or they're mid to high range. They're not necessarily quick shop, TikTok shop kind of brands. Um so their target is that bit older you know it's people who do have that money like yeah okay we see influencers on Instagram who are 25 years old and they've got an Hermes Birkin right but in real life that is not the case like 25 year olds are not waltzing into Hermes buying a Birkin I can tell you that for free it's your 40 year olds it's your 50 year olds it's your 60 year olds your 70 year olds they are the women who have the cash to waltz into chanel and buy a bag or you know do a sweep of selfridges and just grab whatever they fancy it's the, it's them it's not the 25 year olds so why are we targeting you know our influence marketing our campaigns our marketing in general where we show our marketing which is on tiktok at this such a young audience it's bizarre to me it's almost like we're trying to attract other influencers maybe i don't know i it doesn't make sense it does not make sense um so yeah we really need to focus on like where these older people are 
shopping products and that is still in print magazines that is still online and that is with influencers who are of their age and are doing really great things online but are not getting recognition by brands because brands are so focused on bloody 25 year olds it's really crazy to me another thing that's really awkward is when a brand wants to work with older influencers on influencer marketing but all of their brand materials show younger people like that makes no sense um it's the same with people of color you know if you're going to be inviting a range a diverse and inclusive range of people to say an event but the model shot on your invite is all young white tweens you know <laughs> like it has to go from start to finish and the con- the end consumer needs to be thought about from start to finish and I think that is sort of where we're lacking at the moment from my perspective anyway so that was all a little bit rambling but I feel like I just wanted to share my thoughts on that topic as I feel like it is quite a rife topic at the moment and I don't feel like I'm the only one that is seeing it and feeling it um you know even outside being you know a marketeer a consultant PR you know working in social working with influencers I feel like it's being noticed by the average person the average consumer um you know the average consumer is going hey (laughs) I don't feel like this is for me anymore and that's weird (laughs) so yeah um do let me know your thoughts over on instagram at the pr department podcast and i will see you in the next one